Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny of the Blatant Homerism Podcast, part of Sooner Sports Radio and the V Sporto Network. Lots of movement on the coaching front in Norman. Uh, we're going to bring in Jason Kersey of NewsOK.com and the Oklahoma to uh, fill us in a little bit on some of these coaching changes that have been going on for the Sooners. So let's go ahead and welcome him on. Jason, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Alan. Uh, how's it going with you? Oh, no complaints here, man. No complaints here. It's, uh, you know, we just finished up National Signing Day. There was all the talk about coaches uh, jumping ship at different places, you know, to moving on to other jobs. And lo and behold, a couple, about a week after signing day, Oklahoma gets hit by the uh, departure bug with Jerry Montgomery taking off to uh, head up to the Green Bay Packers. Now, I, <clears throat> I don't know if you're necessarily the most. Um, objective person to ask about <laughs> as a Packers fan about about this move but I mean, just just in general I mean I, I got to imagine this caught you off guard right oh yeah I mean it was stunning I I uh, I couldn't believe it when uh, when I heard that that he was leaving it was uh it, you know because it was so weird because OU announced their finalized and they used that word finalized coaching staff mm-hmm. the night before um so that led me to believe that, that they were done. I, you know, I, to me, that was the end of any thought that Tim Kish might be out or, yeah. uh, or any other moves like Mike Stoops might be leaving any of those things. Um, Jerry Montgomery was the furthest thing from my mind that coaches that might leave. And, um, so yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that they would release a statement saying that that's the finalized coaching staff uh, and then, and then have that happen the next day leads me to believe that no one at OU really expected this either. Yeah, I uh, that was that was kind of my my thought too. Is that uh, looking at this, it, it had to have caught them off guard too. Um, and on top of that, you know, not 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 being the kind of thing where you know, I I know that a lot of people obviously have concerns about uh, coaches moving right after National Signing Day. You know, bringing uh, bringing in a class and then uh, taking off. I mean, I don't I don't think that there was any. Uh, Anything sinister, so to speak, going on in that regard? I mean, have you got? Is that the indication you've gotten? Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I, I, I do think that there are some pretty uh, and unfortunate things that go on in that regard. Uh, you know, at some places, and um, you know, I, I I think back even to a couple of years ago when when uh, Bob Stoops yeah. waited until after National Signing Day to fire uh, yeah. Pat and Kittle and. And Schiff, when all three had recruits coming in yeah. uh, that had just signed, you know, I mean, I know that's how the business works, but it's it's not a, a, an especially proud part of the business, I don't think. But in this case, I, I think that this opportunity came up and, and it was something Montgomery was interested in and, and he jumped at it. And I, I don't think, I don't think necessarily he even expected it. I, it sounds to me like it was something that happened pretty, pretty suddenly and, and moved quickly once it did. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of wondering. There are a lot of different ways to to look at this. I mean, this is not him. You know, he had just been promoted to a co-defensive coordinator, uh, but you know, the position that he's taking isn't necessarily. It, it, it it's kind of ambiguous as to what I'll be doing. I mean, the, you know, I believe he's listed now as defensive front assistant. Uh, listening to Mike McCarthy talk about today, he he mentioned that. Uh, He'll be working hand in hand, as he said, with uh, Dom Capers, who's obviously one of the most respected defensive coordinators around the NFL. But I mean, 
I guess what you know, people people like to talk about uh, you know the scale of what's a better job than another. Uh, it's something that I I hate, but at the same time, it, is this a weird move? I mean, is this a, a a strange situation? Does this feel like he's taking a step back in any regard to you? Yeah, it, it kind of does. It, it's odd, um, just because you know he was. I looked, and, and he was he was making over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars this this last season with the promotion to co-defensive coordinator i imagine he was going to be up over four four hundred grand next season um you know i i imagine that raise would come at a at a very uh, uh at one of the next few board of regents meetings yeah. so uh and you're you're a co-coordinator and you know if mike stoops uh, doesn't have a great year again next year He's the obvious guy to take over the defense uh, on his own the year after that. So, um, so he was on a very fast track to to uh, to being a defensive coordinator and potentially even a college head coach if things yeah. kept going well for him. And uh, so the fact that he would take a step back and be essentially a quality control coach in the NFL is really odd because uh, that means I think either he wanted out of Norman for some reason that we don't know about. Or he really, really wants to be in the NFL and felt like this was a, uh, you know, you got to start at the bottom and work your way back up uh, to get there. But I can't imagine, I have no idea how much quality control coaches in the NFL make. Um, but I can't imagine it's more than what he was going to make at OU this year. Yeah, it's it's weird though because you look at uh, how Green Bay staff is set up and they've already got a defensive quality control coach in there. Uh, and yeah, that, that part of it, that part of it does, does feel a little funny, but I mean, I guess, you know, if, if Montgomery considers himself, uh, I mean, a, a climber, so to speak within the coaching ranks, I, I mean, I guess it does make sense learning at uh, the hand of, uh, Dom Capers and, you know, also not to be out on the road recruiting, but it's still, yeah, yeah you know, it, it does feel kind of weird. And, you know, the the other thing about that, you mentioned recruiting. I mean, that's something that he's really good at. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, really good at, and he's not going to do that anymore. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, I found that a little odd, too. That, you know, he's he's transitioning away from something that, that he does as well as anyone in the country, really. And, uh, and, he's, uh, and he could have really used that to fast-track his career even further. And like I said, I... If he'd have stayed at OU and been the co-defensive coordinator for another couple, three years, um, there's no telling what opportunities might have lied ahead for him uh, in in the college game. Yeah, yeah. Then again, you know, someone did ask me, you know, someone did say today, oh, well, he could, he, you know, if Mike doesn't have a good year, like you mentioned, he could step in there. But then again, he could still do that now if, uh, you know, a year from now he decides that he wants to go back to the college game and if that job opened up, I mean, I don't think that this would preclude him from that. So it's just a, it's just an interesting interesting time to, uh, you know, kind of make this move. But um, looking at it, uh, I believe Sooner Scoop reported today that, uh, uh, was it uh, Mike Pelton? I believe is that his name, Mike Pelton. Yeah, the defensive line coach from Georgia Tech was on campus uh, today. Have you heard anything about that? Or yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I, I've I've heard a little bit about it um, that that Mike Pelton was on campus, and I obviously saw Kerry's report. And um, that's an interesting interesting guy. He wasn't one that was really on my radar. Um, mm-hmm. the, you know, I sort of put out a list of 
some names I thought made sense, uh, and 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 he wasn't on it. That yeah. shows how much I know. But <laughs> um, but uh, but you know, I mean, I think it's an interesting. You know, this is a guy who coached Marcus Ware at Troy and uh, obviously had some success. I don't know how good of a recruiter he is. I also know that you know he hadn't been at really at any. Uh, I guess uh, Georgia Tech isn't exactly a, a recruiting uh, a place where big time recruits really want to go. So I don't know how much you can hold that really against him. But um, I, I just don't know if that's the home run that they really want to hit. At the same time, this late in the game, I don't know what home run they're going to be able to hit. Uh, you know, with uh, with this hire, because you know, I think Brick Haley would be the would be the home run hire, but. Um, it sounded to me like he was in pretty good shape with Texas. So I, I guess if it got into an, uh, a, a war with Texas and OU over him, that could get real interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, Mike Pelton's an interesting candidate for sure. I think he's a good coach. I just don't know how good of a recruiter he is. Yeah, you know, it's it's one area that Oklahoma, you know, from a recruiting standpoint could stand to uh, make some inroads, and that's the southeast. You look there, you know, some of the guys that he's recruited and – uh, been in on in the past, you know, lots of Alabamas, Floridas, South Carolinas, Georgias. So, uh, in, in that regard, it would at least be intriguing to see what kind of contacts he'd have to mind. But yeah, I mean, he doesn't have just a ton of uh, skins on on the wall in that regard. But let's talk about some of those other names you came up with. You mentioned Brick Haley. I think uh, a lot of people would view that as um, as the home run, and he's kind of in a weird situation because. Uh, you know, he had been coaching defensive line at LSU, and uh, I don't know what happened exactly, but, uh, you know, they uh, they moved uh, Ed Orgeron in to coach defensive line there. Uh, they moved Kevin Steele from Alabama to be the defensive coordinator, and so now it, I, I believe that uh, Les Miles described his position with the program there as an intern or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. to me that sounds like he's, he's going to be moving on. Um other yeah. guys though you had in the mix. Yeah, you know, um just just looking at, at a couple of those names, I I think Calvin Thibodeau is an interesting name just because mm-hmm. he's an OU guy uh who was a really successful obviously defensive lineman at OU. Um fairly recently he's young, uh energetic, he obviously would would be a good ambassador for the program. Um but at the same time he just took a new job and I know guys have done that before. Jay Norvell did it years and years ago when he came to OU and then left. Mm-hmm. Jay Bulwer did it a few years ago when he took a job at Wisconsin and then uh, came to OU uh, after about a month. So, so I mean, that wouldn't be totally out of the realm of possibility that Kevin Thibodeau would come. Uh, I, I threw out, and John Shin from the transcript did too, uh, Corey Callens, just mm-hmm. because he's already there. And, uh, you know, I, I know that there will be people who would say, that you shouldn't just promote a graduate assistant, but the guy's 36 years old, um, and he's been around the program for a long time. Not only was he a good player, but he was an assistant strength coach for years there before he decided he wanted to get into to, on the field coaching. So that's why he took that step back into into being a graduate assistant. So um, it's not like this is some young guy who's who hasn't uh, you know been around. He and he's been working with Jerry Montgomery. Um, there on the defensive line. He was out recruiting uh, when they were a couple of coaches down on the staff. So um, to me, Corey Collins would be, would not be a bad choice. I just don't know if that's the sexy home run hire that you want to make to replace a guy like Jerry Montgomery, um, just given what he meant to the staff, which was obviously a lot. 
Yeah, and it feels like uh, just the way things have gone in the off seasons, really since the bowl game, this is the kind of kind of deal where Bob Stoops can't necessarily afford to uh, not not at least aim high, uh, you know, right off the bat. So, uh, you know, yeah. a, guy, a guy that that I'd be interested in, um, who I would view as a, a really good hire, would be uh, Mike Elston from Notre Dame. Now, I don't know how yeah. realistic that is, but uh, he's got a lot of experience in the three four and has landed a lot of. Um, a lot of good good recruits in the past. You know, they just took uh, Kerry Cooks from there, the secondary coach. So I don't know if Bob Stoops would be uh, trying to dip into the well in South Bend again there, but he'd be he'd be an interesting one to me. And also any of the guys, I think, with ties uh, to, to Utah's staff from last year are interesting just because that, that, that was such a good, good unit, especially the defensive line there. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't have it right in front of me, but I – the, the guy who coached Utah defensive line, he's coaching Oregon State linebackers now, right? Yes, that's right. He just moved okay, over there yeah. with the new staff uh, yeah. Gary Anderson brought yeah. in. Yeah, and that's another deal kind of like Calvin Thibodeau. I yeah. mean, it'd be, a neat, it'd, be, it'd, it'd be probably a good move for him if that was something that they offered. At the same time, would he do it? I, I just, you know, I think that's always such an interesting thing when a guy – and these coaches, they, they take a job, and then a month later, they, they find something better. And yeah. I, I understand it. I, I just don't know how, how many guys are really willing to do that. Yeah, Especially when you're moving from Utah to Oregon and then to Oklahoma. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a trek for a family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, switching gears like that. No, I'm with you. I'm de- I'm, I'm absolutely with you. Well, uh, I mentioned though, you know, there are a lot of there's some there's really a lot of changes when you look at not just who who the new faces are, but uh, some of the uh, people changing uh, changing responsibilities. I mentioned Kerry Cooks; he's going to be the new secondary coach. Uh, that moves uh, Mike Stoops uh, down to coaching uh, linebackers along with Tim Kish. Now. I don't know many people who saw foresaw Tim Kish actually surviving uh, national yeah. past National Signing Day, but uh, there he is. I mean, any thoughts on that? I mean, have you heard kind of um, how that went down? Was he ever, you know, in, in any jeopardy of losing his job? My understanding was that he was in je- was in, in mm-hmm. uh, jeopardy of losing his job, uh, and I started to hear that in in uh, in you know early January, even before yeah. they announced the Norvell and Heifel um, yeah. firings. I, my understanding was that he was one of the coaches that, that was um, that was possibly, if not probably, going to be asked to, to, to step down. And um, so really from there, uh, when Stoops announced Heifel and Norvell um, were fired, at that point I, I sort of thought, well, if he survived to this point, why wouldn't Stoops just go ahead and announce um, – you know, Kish now, why would he wait on that? You know, I felt like, and then Stoops said he didn't think there were going to be any more changes. So uh, at that point, I, I I had no reason not to believe him. But at the same time, when he kept striking out on those linebacker recruits, it, it just was really hard to see him surviving. And um, he, he obviously got Arthur McGinnis, but uh, he didn't get Ricky DeBerry. That, that was Montgomery. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, you, you you get one guy really to your name to your credit uh, in this class when they clearly wanted more linebackers. I mean, I asked Bob about that at his signing day presser. You know, what if eleven line, linebackers was enough to run a three four? And I just don't think it is. I don't think no, those numbers uh-uh. make any sense. And um, he said that was their target number. 
I mean, I guess what what is he gonna say? I mean, no, I, I don't, I, I don't believe that. Could... I don't believe that for a second. No way. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess he's gonna say that because, I mean, what what's he supposed to say? But I don't believe it either. I, I think they definitely wanted more. I think that's why they offered more than twenty linebacker scholarships in this class, mm-hmm. um, and, and kept wanting them. So. Uh, to me, I, I thought he was in trouble, and I thought that he might get fired after signing day. And then uh, there were tweets from recruits that he was out recru- uh, out talking to kids, so that made it pretty clear that he wasn't going to be gone, and then they released this news. But I do think it's interesting that now they've sort of tied Tim Kish and Mike Stoops' fate together. Yeah, They put them together on those linebackers. So if things go south again next year, maybe it'll be easier to get rid of both of them. Yeah, I mean, I look at it with Mike. Uh, I, I think that from, from just from the way things are going, the way the way you hear people talk, seems like he kind of views it as uh, he really he he. I think he con- is con- as concerned about maybe putting bringing pressure on uh, on Bob as as anything else. I mean, I don't know. Do you have any any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably true. I mean. I remember um, the you know the night after the bowl game in Orlando, sitting around with a couple of uh, the other writers who had traveled down there, and that was sort of what we were talking about. That you know we wouldn't have been surprised to see Mike go out and try to find another job just so that yeah uh, you know that, to take pressure off of Bob. Um, and Mike probably could have gotten another job somewhere else if he'd have really wanted one, but you know maybe Bob told him not to not to worry about it. I and mean, he wanted him around, but, mm-hmm. and, and the thing about Mike to me too, the, the first drive of the, of the second half of that Baylor game is inexcusable. And I think everybody can agree on that. I mean, yeah. that was just outrageous uh, that they just let him do that. But, you know, I, I also think that this defense really, really played well in 2013. I mean, mm-hmm. the, 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 the steps that they took from that disaster of 2012 to the 2013 season um, was remarkable. And even in that Baylor game in 2013, they played well. They played really well. They played really well. They played really well. I'm with you. Um, you uh, And and really hung tough until the offense just did nothing to the point where they couldn't hang tough anymore against that great offense. So, Mm -hmm. um, so, and then you lose a guy like Colvin and you lose a guy like Gabe Wynn, who I think had a really good senior year. Yeah. And you could sort of excuse that, hey, they were maybe they were just going to have a down year in the secondary until these guys get some more experience. So sometimes I think people overreact a little bit. I mean, it was a, it was a disaster of a season. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And the secondary played bad. I just think that Mike deserved another year, given how well they played in 2013. Maybe that makes me, I, I don't know, stupid or something. But to me, it makes sense that you would give him one more year. No, actually, I feel like you and I are the only only uh, people out there who are willing to give him another chance. I I actually am in the same boat as you, and I think you look too at uh, you know kind of the pieces that he was working with. I, I people really underestimated in my mind just how bad a shape the the personnel was uh, when when uh, you know Mike came in because you know they went two years there, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. They didn't sign one safety. They signed, you know, I, I think it was a total of four defensive backs in those classes, not one safety. That's why you had, you know, you had young guys like Stephen Parker who not it, – it wasn't even necessarily the case where as, as well as he played. I don't get, get the impression it was a deal where he was beating a lot of guys out. I think it was 
he got recruited because they and, and they needed him to play immediately. It wasn't a you know yeah. there's no no you know kind of uh, period to, to to adjust. Um, so I, no, I, I'm with you. And, and I was watching too. Uh, you know, some of the, I was watching. I think it was the uh, TCU game today, and seeing all the the busts um, at safety and, and between safety and corner and miscommunications. I kind of think that by by uh, consolidating that in just one guy in Cooks, uh, if there might be you know kind of just a chance to kind of simplify everything and get guy do a better job of getting guys on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. Um, my only question though is now are the linebackers going to start having problems? Yeah, yeah. Maybe and, and but you know they probably need to communicate less than the secondary guys. Yeah. So. Uh, so I, I would agree with that. I think that makes sense. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've, uh, I've been saying it really since the season ended that I just, I felt like Mike was getting, he deserved to be criticized. I just yeah. felt like it was a little bit over the top. And I think that, I think that when Stoops was looking at the coaches that he wanted to let go, you can make the argument for Kish because of the recruiting, but mm-hmm. I think he got it right. Heifel and Norvell probably both needed to go, but um, and, and I hate to say that, especially about Norvell, just because I had such a good relationship with him. Yeah. But it, but the receivers were just not very good. But with Mike, I re- and and people are going to assume that he only saved his job because because he's Bob's brother, and maybe that played a role in it. I just I just think that that's not quite fair, given uh, the the job that Mike has done in the past. Knowing what he, how good he is as a defensive coach, and knowing how good they played in 2013. The other thing that I would say about Mike is that, you know, the the things that I've started hearing and I've seen said elsewhere on on some uh, other, you know, on on Sooner Scoop and, and and those sort of places that that Mike might be moving into the press box, and I think that will be a great. I think that needs to happen next year. Um, you watch the way that, that Mike and those players interact with each other, and, and maybe there are some players who can deal with it. It's just a different game than it was in 2000 and 2001. Um, yeah. It's a different world. Kids don't react the same way that they used to to yelling and screaming. A lot of kids don't react to it anymore, and uh, and I think that hurt them. I, I don't think that that was great for Ahmad Thomas and Jordan Thomas and uh, and Stephen Parker. And those guys' confidence to just get screamed at when they made a mistake. I just don't think it worked. And, uh, and I don't think that that works on the whole anymore in college football. And coaches are going to have to realize that. And I think if Mike can't get that under control, he needs to go to the box where he's not doing and screaming at them on national TV where recruits see it happening. That's the other thing I think that's important. Yeah, you know, I hadn't even thought about the recruiting part of it, but that's a, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, abs- no, absolutely. Um, you said, you know, obviously uh, there was the turnover on the offensive side of the ball too. Um, <clears throat> general thoughts, you know, I think that uh, people see Lincoln Riley coming in. They see Dennis Simmons coming in. Uh, if you were hoping that Oklahoma was going, you know, back to, uh, you know, <clears throat> any kind of pro-style offense, it's not happening. Obviously, we're going air raid clearly here. Uh, general thoughts though on Simmons. Have you heard anything about uh, you know kind of his chops as a coach? Yeah, I mean he's he's obviously had a lot of success in these offenses uh, with both Lincoln Riley and Mike Leach, um, and, and so I mean I, I don't see any reason why he can't come in and, and do a really good 
do, excuse me, do a really good job. Um, and, and then as far as Lincoln Riley goes, I think that was a great hire. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have the same questions a lot of people do about where the running backs fit into this. And, and I, I, I've said before that I, I feel like a guy like, uh, like Joe Mixon, for, for what he can do on the field, fits in really well yeah. because of his ability to sort of catch the ball, maybe play in the spot some. Um, and, and surely they're going to find a way to use P. Ryan. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, they'd be crazy. If they, if they not don't, to, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they don't, they need to look for a new offensive coordinator yeah. again this time next year. But, but, uh, but it, but it is sort of, um, sort of interesting that that they're moving back into that direction when uh, their most successful, you know, games last year were when they ran the ball really well. So, um, so I don't know. And so much of it's going to depend on who the quarterback is. And I know that's what everybody wants to know. Um, geez, I mean, it could be anybody. It could be mm-hmm. Justice Hanson just as easily as it could be anybody else. I, I think it's wide open. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. Um, and, you know, they've got uh... – Got four guys that that can could run this system, so you know it'll be interesting to see who ends up winning out. Uh, I I kind of think I I my my hope as a fan is that Cody Thomas actually wins it because I, I feel like he's he's got the most upside of any of these guys, and especially with him uh, you know concentrating on football now. Uh, and and also resting up a little bit, you know, getting getting a chance to kind of get healthy. To me, he's the guy to uh, really watch and and could end up really flourishing actually in this system because in high school it's what he ran and he was he was nails man. Yeah, he well, I mean, uh, you know, his senior year, twenty twelve, um, Ryan Aber and I went to a game um, in Dallas uh, or in uh, Irving the night before the OU Texas game. Polyville mm-hmm. played at, at Irving. Of one of the urban schools, and he was unbelievable. His arm was amazing, and and that sort of was what made his three starts so baffling to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't know how fair that is because he didn't have any receivers. I mean, yeah. outside, and and he didn't even have Shepard. Um, yeah. So I don't really know how fair that is to to judge him on those three games. At the same time, he didn't look good. Yeah, um, maybe Lincoln Riley will 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 fix that. But I, I agree with you. I think. You know, just in terms of what they do and their talent, Cody Thomas makes the most sense to be the guy, in my opinion. Um, I'm not as enamored with Baker Mayfield as a lot of. I'm not are. either. Yeah. Um, I, I I realize he's you know he had a good spring game against the fourth string walk on yes. secondary. Yeah. You know, but but uh, but I and he threw nine interceptions uh, in those I think seven starts at Texas Tech. So yeah. you know, I'm not. I just don't know. I just don't have the same faith that he's going to be this amazing uh, savior. And honestly, though, if I had to guess who the quarterback's going to be at the start of next year, I think it's probably going to be Trevor Knight. But that's just a, that's just a guess on my part, just because he seems to wow everybody in practice so much. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, it just makes sense to me that he would he would be the guy. Yeah, to emerge yeah. Out of this. yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I can certainly see that being the case. Um, the one other shift that they made, they uh, moved uh, Kale Gundy, one of the best running back coaches in the country, uh, moved him to inside wide receivers, working there with uh, Dennis Simmons, sh- uh, shifted Jay Bulware to uh, running backs. What's going on there? We, I, I think that that one definitely caught everybody off guard. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think it makes sense. Kale Gundy uh, has been coaching running backs for a long time, and you know he's been in, at the same school obviously for 16 years. 
uh, coaching the same position for all that time. Sometimes it's good for guys, I think, to, to do something different. Um, he is a guy who can coach blocking. Uh, he's a he's a former quarterback, so he obviously understands receivers, um, and and he can recruit. Oh, you clearly need some ta- new talent at receivers. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so to me, it, it, the move sort of makes sense. And if you also take into account, you know, Bob uh, said at his press conference, uh, you know, the week after the the bowl game, that uh, that he thought Kale in Kale's future was being a coordinator. If that's true. Um, he's going to, you know, I think it's probably good that he's coaching something different and, and getting some new experiences. So, uh, yeah, it, it seemed weird just because of how successful he's been, but I sort of get it. And um, and Bowler's got some experience coaching running backs. And let's be honest, I mean, being Samaje Piran's position coach at this point, um, yeah. it's sort of like being Peyton Manning's quarterback yeah, coach, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, just don't, I just don't know how much coaching that guy really needs. Now, maybe some of the other guys, but um, to me, they got some really good running backs. And I, I – and I, I, I think one of the things that was the most interesting is is where a tight end's going to fall. I guess they go, they either going to go under fullbacks with Bullware, they're going to be inside receivers mm-hmm. with Gundy. Yeah, that's and, a good point. Uh, yeah. You know, I I don't know what's going to happen there, but uh, the demise of the tight end has just been remarkable to watch. And uh, yeah. I'm I'm sort of getting off topic here, but I I, I have to say that, I, and I've sort of said this uh, a bunch of times since the season ended. The the fact that they didn't use Blake Bell more than they did is a Crime. They, they somebody deserved to be fired for that. Frankly, yeah, I, yeah. When, that, when they threw that guy the ball, he caught it most yeah. of the time. Yeah, and I, it felt like, I mean, it felt like there just weren't a lot of plays designed, you know, or routes even designed to get him open or to to make him even that much of a of an option. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think looking back at it the more i look at it there's just there was so much dysfunctional about that offense last year and that was certainly part of it so interesting opportunity too though for mark andrews who could play kind of a uh, flex tight end in this offense now under lincoln riley and really thrive if he uh if he gets down to it yeah this is a great opportunity for him you know particularly with with taylor mcnamara leaving that sort of leaves mark andrews as the guy there um to to be that to play that role if they want to use uh, that position and and you know Mark Andrews was a big time recruit out of high school. He can catch the ball. We know that. So mm-hmm. uh, no reason to think Mark Andrews can't can't do it and uh, and succeed in this offense. I mean, tight ends are are sometimes you just look at the NFL when a, when a team has a really good tight end that can be the difference between a championship team uh, and not a championship team. Just look at Gronkowski. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, he I mean he's a difference maker in that offense, and I don't know why OU. Has I mean I realize there have been some circumstances. I think losing Austin Haywood a few years ago was was sort of crippling at that position. Yeah, um, I think that's who they were going to count on in the future. But but you know just the sort of the, the demise of the tight end has just been very interesting to watch, and and it's sort of a shame because of how valuable that position can be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, so Jason, uh, you, I'm assuming that uh, you know you're you're pretty much uh, dialed in with basketball season and everything now, right? Uh, that's all right, neighbor. He's, he's oh, he's the, taking the it all now. Basketball. Uh, he's a men's basketball guy. I, I I help out with the women, and and if he needs help, sometimes I, uh, I I'll jump in and help. But but he's he's the basketball man. I, uh, I I'm totally secondary to him when it comes to basketball. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. Well. Uh, you know, best of luck getting through the spring football season and everything. Uh, I'm sure you won't get any information out of Bob Stoops at all, but, uh, 
you know, I, I trust that uh, you'll still uh, figure out a way to pump some good nuggets out for all SOU fans. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best, Alan. Uh, uh, you know, I, it's not always easy with uh, with the way things are sort of set up over there, but uh, but it's you know part of that makes it a little bit more fun too sometimes. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, <laughs> thanks a lot for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Hey, anytime, man. And thank you all for joining us too for the Blade Homers and Podcast. I'm Alan Kenny. Take care.